Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. We're back, Tim. We are back. It has been quite the week. Yeah. I don't know about you, mm. but it has been for me. I'm just trying to forget mine. Well, but. it's either you you laugh or you cry. I was uh I was gonna text you earlier today that I was having a go rest tie day. Oh man. <laughs> but it, it perked up. That brings back memories. Mm. Old Vince Gill singing yeah. Go Rest High on repeat for at least at least two hours. At least. <sighs> Lessons learned. Lessons learned. So, Tim, there's so much to talk about, it's hard to even, like, summarize it. I don't know if it seems that way to you. Well, it's there has been some time passed, and uh, we weren't able to get a recording off um, the day after the debate, which was unfortunate. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And and then did you watch it all? I did. Okay. I did not watch it all. I watched highlights of it. So what I mean, what's your your takeaway from the the last presidential debate for the Republican primary and how that went? Well, I was uh definitely disappointed that uh you know, disappointed at the uh the lack of enthusiasm I felt towards about 80% of the people on stage. But I was very, um, very just encouraged hearing everything I wanted to hear, and I will just leave it at that. I don't know that there is any substance to back it up, but I absolutely heard pretty much everything I want to hear from a candidate from Ramaswamy. Oh, we wake. We wake. And, uh, I mean, I, I was, I, I felt like, um, the, uh, governor of Florida had a, had a, you know, it was, it was a solid outing. Um, definitely didn't get on the wrong side of Ramashwamy minus the, uh, three inch hills. I don't think DeSantis hurt himself at all. No. But. You know, he still struggles, yeah. it seems, with connecting. I, I don't know. And and there are people who think that, and maybe it's true, I don't know, that um, DeSantis is a little bit on the spectrum. It's um, possible. I mean... Just in, like, you can... Social skills, um, you know, in connecting with the people, it seems as, like, you know, like it's... It's just awkward. No, and on paper... I want DeSantis to be my guy. I just didn't, you know, they're, like you said, it's like listening to Elon Musk talk. If you didn't know it was Elon Musk, you'd never heard his voice. You had no, uh, you know, so former knowledge. You'd be like, this guy is boring or, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, the long, and I have no room. I'm just saying the long pauses, the, you know, trailing off. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not super engaging, I guess. And uh, Vivek. So what'd you hear from him that you liked? Well, I would like to just take the easy way out and say everything, but I really liked, I mean, everything from foreign policy, 
Um, sounds like he doesn't want any new wars. Um, which, you know, I He's mean, pretty strong on that. Very. I mean, if he puts any of like, if, if he somehow, and, and I know it's a long shot, if he somehow screeched in, if he backs up half of what he's saying, and that's what I'm saying, you know, and, and that's all, I mean, I've, you know, to, uh, summarize the politicians trying to say, you know, what you want to hear. I thought his opening was just... It was strong. It was probably one of the strongest opening statements yeah. on a debate that I've ever seen. When you actually go after the moderators yes, and question their legitimacy uh, in your opening statement, that's bold, yeah. right? But ev- I think everybody loved it. And I did. I, I the And the reason I think that, Whether it was genuine or not. Like, yeah. No, he nailed that. And like I said, if he's if he's just playing politician, he's doing a darn good job. Yeah. And which I think I he has think the ability to do I, I that. I do too. But the I I really think that with the climate that we're in, the foreign policy part of his speech was so timely and that's why it felt, you know, that I mean that's what I that's what I think that's what America wants to hear, you know, left or right that uh, and not that the left would listen, but you know, every nobody wants to. I mean, we're in a precarious situation with, you know, bumbling Biden. It's it's scary to think that that is the ruler, or the um, the top dog in the free country. Or the speaking the, of bumbling <laughs> Biden, have you seen the not the B video? Are they affiliated with Babylon? Babylon B. Yeah, it's it's okay. there. It's there. They had to do a second not page satire. When they got, oh, side of uh, so this is not what they the do is their serious stuff. I yeah. So I would love to, love to. Uh, I I like about everything that they do. It's amazing because it's called how to speak Bidenese, and he goes mm-hmm. through all these words that Biden has used at times in okay. the speeches. And then translates those for us, and it's it's just about more than you can take to uh, to listen. So he'll have a word, uh, and then you know, like for instance, the first one I think on the list is "prekt," p r e c t, "prekt." How would you use that in a sentence? In I, what context? Maybe the police are here to serve and prekt. Yeah, that's exactly how he used it. Well, maybe, and that's that's like the the very uh, vanilla version of the Biden words. It gets very complicated. Yeah, that's that's like "hola" in in Spanish. We get we get that one early. Yeah. So so you have to look that up because it's unbelievable uh, and quite humorous to see their take on how to speak Bidenese. What's amazing is the guy keeps a straight face through the entire video mm. pretty much and very seriously explains these words to us. I feel like anybody who's good at satire has to have a very dry... They're, they're very good at it. Yeah. The they, very next article, um, which is the Babylon Bee, not not the not the Bee, is that the, the, the new speaker? The headline, it says, Satan announces early retirement thanks to TikTok. 
He said, I've decided to let TikTok carry on my work. <laughs> they they went to great lengths to get that one. They did. So and we'll talk about we actually have on the uh on the list of things to talk about today, a little bit about the Babylon Bee. And we'll get into that later. But one of the big things that just happened uh, yesterday, I believe, is so, you know, going back, we got a new Speaker of the House in Congress, right? Mr. Mike Johnson. Kind of a little known... I didn't know who Mike Johnson was. No, I'm... Until this took place. And he's from Louisiana, I believe. And so... It was kind of shocking to me, actually, to see, you know, they put up Jim Jordan, and Jim Jordan couldn't get the votes, uh, Scalise couldn't get the votes, and then you have this obscure guy from Louisiana, Mike Johnson, who ends up getting a unanimous vote. Hmm. And it was quite the uh, quite the phenomenon, I thought, yeah. to see that play out. I didn't know they could agree on anything. Yeah, and then you know, immediately, of course, they go to attacking his character and you know he's a very strong believer and vocal about that and uh, they were they've been attacking that since day one but one of the things that the new speaker had promised is that he would see to it that we would have the January 6 tapes released all of them so up until now we have not had but just a small percentage of the the, the footage from the cameras at the Capitol uh, regarding January 6th. And really, what we did have released was mainly by the January 6th committee mm-hmm. with Liz Cheney and Kinzinger and those guys, the gang. So right? only, only what we needed to see. Only what we need. How convenient, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and really just to, be, I believe, build a narrative about what took place and then to, to attach that narrative to uh, really a, a pretty large percentage of the American population and say that these people are, you know, uh, they're terrorists or domestic terrorists or, uh, you know, they're extremists or whatever it might be. And, and then attach them to Trump, right? Right. So I think that this is something that has been going on for a while with the January 6th stuff. So we've been, and I say we, a lot of people have been asking, why have we not seen the rest of the footage? Why is it that we're only fed a certain percentage of that and really only what fits the narrative that they've been trying to create. So yesterday, Mike Johnson tweets out and says, um, he, he said, today I'm keeping my promise to the American people and making all the January 6th tapes available to all Americans. His tweet has 5 million views, by the way. Wow. Since yesterday. He probably, he probably didn't have a fraction of that in followers. Oh, I guarantee you, before he became speaker. Right. So they have released this footage. I think the only thing that has been redacted is is uh, any any footage, something that's trying to protect uh, the integrity of the security at the Capitol, right? So 
I think they said only less than five percent um, will not, you know, will be redacted, right. and and the rest of it will be available to anyone to be able to look at online. Forty four thousand hours. Forty four thousand hours. I thought I thought you were saying forty four hours earlier. And uh, how I does thought, that even work? I thought that was overwhelming. Is it because there's so, so many cameras? cameras yeah. And yeah, unless over it that went space on, of time, unless it went on much longer than we knew about. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So the the big thing about this is, and what we have been waiting for, and trying to to actually see what the objective footage really was regarding January 6th, because it matters, right? Yeah. I think it will. I think it will bring to light um, really everything that we have have been anticipating, and that is the fact that a, a narrative has been created and that they've been trying to feed that narrative and then keeping the rest of that uh, footage from the American people because it contradicts that narrative. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, you've had so many people that have been um, prosecuted for attending the January 6th yeah. and various charges, um, I think several even from the state of Missouri that were at the January 6th rally and various levels of participation with what happened that day. And, you know, obviously there were some people who broke the law, right? Yeah. And you know, destroyed property and trespassed or whatever it might be. But largely, the narrative that has been created is that anyone, basically, who went to the rally that day for January 6th, you know, not only has been attached to Trump as an extremist MAGA person, uh, but also been viewed as somebody who you know, is an insurrectionist, is a, is a domestic terrorist. And that's not only not true, but it's dangerous, right, to create that yeah. narrative. We, uh, we had an opportunity. I don't know if I had told you this. We had an opportunity to go to D.C., my family, on vacation this year for a week. And uh, we were walking, we were taking our tour of the Capitol, and I leaned over to my kids and I said, you know what they call it? You know what the liberals call it when uh, conservatives visit the, uh, visit the Capitol? And my, my kids said no. And I said, an insurrection. <laughs> yeah. It went over their heads, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like they, That word has been used so much, yeah. overused so much. It's unbelievable. And what they have tied to that. But it's hypocritical, right? Because... Oh, yeah. You know, you have Palestinian protests and all these other things that have happened since January 6th, yeah. where violence has happened, dis destruction of property has happened, breaking down the barricades has happened, fighting with the the Capitol Police has happened. And none of those uh, instances were really reported on to be anything near of what they said about January 6th and what that narrative was. Right. Wasn't there something with a fire alarm recently? Um, yeah, Jamal was, Bowman pulled yeah. the fire alarm because he didn't want to go vote. Yeah, that's uh, that insurrection-y. 
Mm. It, it is very. And, so then, and then lied about it and said, yeah. oh, it was just an accident. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to get out the door. Well, then when they released the video footage, it was very clear. He yeah, tore I, down the signs yes. that said, don't pull a fire alarm. He pulled the fire alarm and, you know, and then tried to cover it all up. But, you know, again, that's a person on the left versus a person on the right, and they have different rules, apparently. Yeah. So the other thing about this with the January 6th tapes is when you when you talk about the January 6th committee, they have spent millions of dollars with the January 6th committee. Yeah, and this is And a, what a sham that is. In a long line of shams in, in these committees. Yeah. I just want my money back uh, for all of them. Yeah, can we get a refund? I mean, we could I can at see least, Liz Cheney's face right now. Yeah, that I think... Fake concern, you know, mm. of the danger of the insurrection and all the things that ta- they talked about in uh, the January 6th committee. It's it's similar to the danger of free speech, really. Yeah, and actually, that's, a, that's a, a good segue to talk about... It's an epidemic. ...our next topic. So you have this released, um, and, and, you know, people are going to be digging into this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's going to take a lot of a time, people watching those tapes and then kind of summarizing that. But we've already seen some of the footage, and I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's quite interesting because it does not line up with the narrative that has been created um, by the footage that we've had to this point. Right. So obviously, this footage is something that they did not want released because it didn't fit that narrative. And you see in in one of the main ones that has kind of went viral on X is the police officers welcoming them in and leading them through the hallways, and people are completely peaceful. They're Mm -hmm. carrying their flags. They're waving. They're giving fist bumps to the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police are completely at ease. You can see that in the video. This is not what I pictured when I... I mean, I need to get a thesaurus because I have no idea what the word insurrection means anymore. And it it's much more peaceful than I pictured in my head. And again, were there times outside the building um, where, you know, people were out of hand? Yeah. Obviously, right? Um, and that's the way that those kind of things go. Right. You know, when you show up to a rally, everybody gets all psyched about it and everybody gets riled up. And... and- and the question still remains how much of that was incited also. And I, if any, just saying. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, the the footage of this is really going to challenge, I think, yeah. the narrative that has been created to this point. Now, you know, I believe that the American people are who need to make that decision. They yeah. need to, now that they have the the evidence and they have this available I think they'll come to a conclusion. And I, I think that most people uh, will be objective and try to reach the right conclusion. I, I hope that. But what what faces come to your mind when you think January 6th? What, like, the ones that were in the papers, the ones that were in, you know... Oh, yeah. Well, the guy with the the horns the bu- on his head. Yeah, the buffalo horns. That's, that is the picture that I have. And The shaman. The shaman, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you the, seen his... Uh, I say seen. Have you listened to his podcast? Is he not in prison? No, he's out now. Oh. He's been released. Well, good. Yeah. 
uh, quite an interesting character. I didn't, I, I mean, he did not interest me as a, like, you know, as far as he looked like the last person I would want to hang out with at a uh, luncheon. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't judge a book by their horns. Yeah. His, uh, his take on it is quite interesting because he will admit that some of the things that he did, you know, he's not proud of or whatever, but he somehow became the face yeah, it's of, you know, the narrative that was created when it came to January 6th. I believe that if, had he worn a shirt, he would have been left it would out have been of different. so much. Because you think about it, anybody who's not wearing a shirt at a public gathering is probably... At the, at the U.S. Capitol building? Right. That's probably not who you want to be the well, face of your movement. I mean, probably not. find me a guy in a suit and a tie. Right. The shaman. But, and nothing against him. Some people don't like clothes. I'm just saying as far as, like, it's very convenient to make him the face of well, that. You could see the media, right? I mean, oh, they yeah. saw their opportunity. Oh, dude, he's low-hanging fruit. There's no question. And it would have been a crime not to, when trying to form a narrative, not to Can use you imagine? the shirtless guy with horns on his head. Get this guy. Get this guy on camera. I would love to know how many people were similarly, you know, unique. And he was he was obviously, I think he got kind of got what he wanted in a sense of the attention. You don't run around with horns and no shirt if you don't want to, you know. But to make that the face of, it's just disingenuous to make that the face of a most, and I... Can we say mostly peaceful protests? Mostly peaceful protests. Well, that's that's the words they like. No to cars use. were. I don't think any cars were lit on fire there. And a mostly peaceful protest allows for police cars, multiple police cars, to be lit on fire. So I feel like this was. Could we say peaceful? Well, it seems to be uh, by what I'm seeing. A here. lot of the footage that I'm seeing now. Yeah. Again, we're you know I do I ha- I have we seen have, footage. Yeah where people were pushing against the police and but how many of those people were feds well and that's, that's what i'm asking too. is how much of this was incited and i'm not talking about by trump if i realized my verbiage there was bad because trump incited all of this uh, according to the narrative but how much of this was um you know it, well they've already incited admitted by the fbi they've already admitted that there were uh, fed plants on the day, right? They have not denied that. But the question is how many and who? To say that they admitted would be an overstatement. The fact that they cannot, will not deny. The people who are not hearing, you know, reading in between the lines have their eyes closed. For sure. So we'll see how this plays out with the the footage that has been released and, and how that the, the American people respond to this, uh, but I think it's it's quite interesting to see, and and I applaud. I mean, can we get can we get an applause for Mike Johnson being willing to? I think that is one of the three presets. I think we should. Can we please? It's not working. Well, never mind about. I the think applause. it's on a button, isn't it? Should we? Should we just push buttons and hope that we catch the right one? I mean, we can push the buttons, but. It seems, never works when you want it to. It does seem like a shame to have that many colorful buttons and nothing to push them for. So talking about the uh, 
you know, the, the, the freedom of speech, right? Because that, that figures into what we're talking about with the January 6th tapes. And again, the American people being able to have access to make, to, to reach their own conclusion, right? We're in a crisis when it comes to the freedom of speech and the cancel culture that's happening for anyone who doesn't line up anyone who doesn't fit the, 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 the mold that they expect of you when it comes to speech. I mean, I think you tried to, you were telling me you tried to, um, to watch some of the January 6th footage. Yeah, I was, I was wanting to be studious and do some homework. And, um, I, and this, it, it said due to privacy settings, um, which I, I have none. Um, but uh, that I could not search it on the so browser that I was using. You weren't able to access right. It was the and, footage on and that was Safari. That was on the link given by one of the one of the senators posted a link on uh, X, and I tried following the link, and it said your well. Speaker Johnson also it was shared the link. it was his it was his link. Yeah, and Safari um, said you know due to <laughs> it was like come on. You know, some lousy and ex- so excuse. I didn't have I didn't have time to get over to DuckDuckGo or you know, but it, yeah, I could not access it using the browser which I use for everything. And I mean, it's so, it's just it's like ChatGPT trying to get something out of that. You you really got to word it right if you want anything, and then you're going to get a disclaimer. And even then, trying to protect you from yourself. So that's the problem. Is I mean, I've never seen such uh, censorship happening when it comes to, um, you know, the the social media platforms. It's it's wild because you know X is you know trying to give give uh, people that freedom, and then all the other things that you have to use to get to the information, you know, are still I, I heavily really, censored. I I really do believe that that Elon buying Twitter was probably one of the greatest accomplishments when it comes to the freedom of speech since the founders wrote those things down. Feels like an extension of their pen. Because, again, especially in the climate that we're in where this cancel culture has been happening and Elon comes in and says, you know, we're not going to do this, um, I mean, I can tell you just personally, my my Twitter account before Elon Musk took over with Twitter was completely stalled. Yeah. I, I couldn't get more followers. Uh, it wasn't getting seen by other people, by even people who follow me. Uh, it was throttled big time. And once that changed, when he took over, uh, I started gaining followers. I started, mm. you know, people started seeing my tweets um, and it, it took off from there. I think I had right around 1,600 followers when Elon took over. And I now have almost 4,000. Wow. And that's been, what, a year since yeah. he took over? Yeah. Maybe not even, maybe not it's even been quite about a year. A year but. So, you know, it's it's just such an important thing to realize that the just the truth, be, being able to... Uh, to be out there where people can make their own conclusions. So seems dangerous. 
what's happening too is now I think they're seeing the 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 writing on the wall when it comes to um, how Twitter is changing that and how people are again making their conclusions and the truth getting out there. And so, have you heard about the the lawsuit with Elon Musk? I think he he just announced this this morning uh, regarding Media Matters. I saw the headline on Daily Wire. So he announces this lawsuit against Media Matters and and anyone who colluded with them because it's obvious that they were trying to smear X. Yeah. And Elon Musk, by extension, and what were they found out they were doing is Media Matters ran this alternate account on Twitter. And they were refreshing their feed at an alarming, crazy, fast rate. And they were doing that in an attempt to get ads to appear next to bad content. And so that it would look like that the algorithm was supporting ads toward bad content. Yeah, like Proud Boys and, you know, like that, like right wing content that unsavory or just general garbage i haven't looked at all of that yet but i have a feeling that it is definitely toward the narrative of you know the the alternate uh the right wing yeah. the, the the fringe groups the you know the racist the yeah. you know whatever it might be that that falls in line with that narrative that they have created and so but the the reality of it was um, because they had things in place at Twitter, it didn't go very far, and not a lot of people uh, were able to see that. And so, really, X was doing exactly what they said that they would do, and so they limited the reach of 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 this offensive content uh, that the the ads were uh, pushing, and. What Media Matters wanted is, you know, that the the internet to be completely regulated as a result of that, so that only the content that they agree with and that they want can be shared. That's the real goal. So, and and here they are using the advertisers and the the data to to try to achieve that. Right. That's what they found out. So they're getting sued. By Elon Musk, um, which you know probably makes us all happy because Media Matters is garbage, right? As it is, but to try to create this false sense that a company is helping out the crazies and the the fringe groups and yeah. and all of that and pushing that actually with advertising is just terrible. Yeah, the bottom line, it's just terrible, and so we'll see what happens with that lawsuit but you know that's the kind of thing we're facing today is that because they don't get their way because they don't want this content out there whatever it might be whether it's january 6th or whether it's other content that doesn't fit the narrative that they are trying to create then they want to take you down and and not to digress but the uh to our to our last um kind of segment about january 6th the there was a forbes article um it well it was a video and uh, the guy was talking about how he, you know, he didn't feel like that uh, it was a problem that January 6th footage was being released, but he just felt like 
it should be done by with uh, under scrutiny of the FBI or, <laughs> and it's like, I think we've already got that footage. Uh, you know, that was, we wanted the other 44,000 hours, you know, and just lamenting the fact that, you know, it was making it was sure just, the deep state has their yeah, just fingerprints on we it. We do right? not, we do not possess, you know, the, we don't possess the necessary brain cells to be able to just intake this and make an opinion on our own. Well, and that's the thing that's it's so frustrating. I mean, who still has faith in the FBI, the CIA, after what we have seen the last six years? To digress again, I know that Vivek Ramaswamy does not have a lot of faith. So that's good enough for me. I, I also... Uh, well, I think he's. I think he re- recognizes that most people don't. Yeah, I mean, it, especially it Republicans. Oh yeah, and I. I think any any honest. But it shouldn't be political. No, any honest American has to be like, and some some even someone. It's like okay, I'm okay with you saying, I'm, I'm okay with this agenda that they're pushing, but admit that there is an agenda and that it could go wrong for any American. It could go, it could go against, you know, it could go against anybody. uh, You could easily be made the target at any moment. And that's the bottom line with this. And uh, I wouldn't want the FBI working for Donald Trump. I I don't see that being a, uh, you know, ever being an issue, but it's just because it's my agenda. I mean, it's a, it was an establishment that, you know, you, you want to, you want to, it's like the police. If they're not serving and protecting, we have real problems. And, and the FBI has gone, um, turned into a political weapon. And I, th- I think anybody who's remotely honest can, you know, see that and, and be, hopefully be disgusted by it on both sides of the aisle. Did you see, uh, Nikki Haley's comment about, I mean, she like went full CCP and saying that any anonymous, social media account needs to be doxxed and that I think she literally said, I want to know everybody's name so that there wouldn't be any anonymous social media accounts. Mm. That's what Nikki Haley said just in the last few days. I've heard, I've heard people that I didn't consider fringy, you know, you can feel that way. You know, it is, it is annoying when you're, you've, you've experienced it. I know where you're being attacked by, you know, an anonymous, you know, it's like, it, it does. I just don't respond to anybody who's, yeah, that I don't know that, that, it's that you don't have a face person. to put to it. Yeah. And, and that's the, I think that's the simple thing. It's like anything else. You just got to ignore it, the freedom of speech. I, either you believe in freedom of speech or you don't. And it yep. doesn't matter if it's coming from a bot doesn't, at the end of the day, it's what we want to dwell on, what we want to, waste our time on what's well, like know. what's going on with candace owens right now and getting all the negativity that she has just for having both sides on our podcast when it comes to the conflict between gaza and israel i'm not aware of of any of this but. so she she had um you know some uh, rabbi or or somebody who's jewish on her podcast to explain you know how they feel and what their perspective is when it comes to this conflict that really goes back a long way, right? And then she had a person who is 
pro-Palestine and is like, here's the reason why I support Palestine and why I think you should or whatever. And she got so much hate for doing that from, from the pro-Israel side. Okay, yeah. You know, and then from the other side saying, and why would you have somebody who's pro-Palestine? And all she was doing is trying to have both sides of this put out there and That is let journalism, make, is it not? Yeah, let people make their decision. And she works for the Daily Wire, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's And a, so they came under attack as a result of that as well. Did they stand behind? They did. Yeah. And they said, this is a freedom of speech. And God. this is the very definition of the freedom of speech. Like, No, it's beautiful. You get you get to hear things you like, and you get to hear things you don't like. Yeah. But that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I mean, that is... That's everything working how it's supposed to. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody who doesn't like some of the things we say that are out there. Please give us all the information, and and I'll be the first person to admit that you know I'm I'm somewhat you know I'm I'm definitely predisposed to conservatism to you know some right wing talking points. I but I am capable. Of hearing both sides, not getting offended, I want to know, and even changing your mind. Absolutely, I I can't tell you how many things that I have. It, I haven't changed my beliefs. I have realized that I'm digging in in an area that I have not heard both sides, or you know, and if if we can trust people to just, you know, if you can vote. Get them the information, let them make those decisions, and I'll live with that regardless of what those decisions are. And it's sad. I wouldn't want it any other way. No. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. But there's a lot of people who do, and that's what's no. scary. And Because if anybody can control it, then, again, it's, it's not free speech. And um, think of the, the times in history where that has happened, when the government can control speech. And I mean, this is something that, that, that has happened just in the last few years in the United States of America. With COVID, you had the government colluding with big tech to censor the truth, Yeah, to censor things that were true. Because in somebody's view... Oh, it's it's too dangerous for people to know this. Well, why don't you let me be the determining factor when it comes to what is dangerous for me to hear and what is not dangerous for me to hear? And I think it's been going on for longer than than we could pro- longer than we've been alive. Um, you know where they've they've been crafting it, and both sides they've been crafting a narrative, and that is the parameters in which the truth can be told in which we're allowed we're given morsels and we're allowed to take our have our take from what you know what is being fed to us by the media that's what's leading to independent media to podcasts to people looking That's why it's exploding. Yeah, I mean and COVID did bring it to it brought it to the boiling point where it was so in your face that the truth was being withheld. It's, you it, you know, where the red pill was officially prescribed to so many people who had no, no political affiliation, no, you know, who, who were just independent free thinkers were forced to say, okay, 
I'm not, I'm not right wing. I'm not a conservative, but I just want the truth. I want the option to be able to make it a, a decision off of all the information. And it became so apparent how little information that we were given, you know, to make our decisions off of. And I think it's, it's made. And me, then how much misinformation oh, that you're, you're you know, spoon fed the CDC what they want you. or whoever it was put out there yeah. uh, during that time and made it even more, you know, muddied the waters for people to yeah. try to make an informed decision. So it's, it's, it's so dangerous. The, no one, the move toward this and the, the, the whole cancel culture that comes with it. And then, you know, well, because X is trying to help the the bad content creators and whatever that Media Matters tried to, you know, do with their little stunt, um, then, of course, what happens is your corporate, uh, your big corporate sponsors that, that have ads on your platform start pulling them, right? And yeah. that, that's what we've seen already, even with this going on. And so you have some of the big ones that are saying, oh, we're going to pull all of our ads. And that's how they, that's the bread and butter for that company. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just the, the, the cancel culture is, is it's, it's a vicious cycle that we all lose in the end yeah. from. Just give, give us both sides what, what Candace Owens did. And uh, I, I was not privy to it but what she did is what needs to happen journalism in, is in large scale with every you know with every story just let both sides talk um you don't have to listen and yeah, it's your choice when you do take away what take away you know if you have the whole story you can take away something that is uh that's more than a narrative more than it's it's just disgusting what it's become and and that's what uh you know what i and i don't care every it seems like everybody's bought and paid for in media and you know so it's become it's literally become a joke no and and it i've seen people go and you know get just so consumed with the right wing side of it that it's like if i think we'd have a lot less uninformed people if you were getting you know a balanced from each side, a balanced amount of information and letting people get those takeaways. But they have pushed people who were already right wing, who saw the, you know, they've, it's been created by all of these um, fringe, I know really good people who are solid, you know, solid people who have become so out of tune with everything because they only listen to far right because they got so sick of you know, being fed a, a narrative from the left. And it's like, there's, and that's, you know, people like there's, there's not a lot of rushes around anymore that just wanted to give you the whole story. And yeah, he had his opinion, but you had the whole story. And that's, that's what's lacking, I think. And, and what has, I mean, you know who I miss? Paul Harvey. Oh, dude. And now you know the rest of the story. That's good. That's good. But yeah, just objective news. Um, and it has. It's become a joke. Like, so, I mean, one of my favorite channels is the Babylon Bee mm-hmm. for various reasons, right? It's entertaining and it's satire, but mm. yet is it? 
it's like they nail it every time with their headlines. So one of the headlines that I saw this week with the Babylon Bee that is just priceless is it says, the communist dictator welcomes President Xi. <laughs> and it's got a picture of Gavin Newsom shaking hands with <laughs> with President Xi. And, and this is the easiest... Like, when you give your dog a pill, this is the... Satire is the cheese that the pill is wrapped in. Yeah. Well, and it's... And then they have, so the Babylon Bee has their, not the Bee, which is objective news, but their satire is just as true, but yet with a comic twist to it, because, right, like, comedy has to have an element of truth. Yeah. And that's why comedy is so important. Oh, yeah. And I think making a comeback in a lot of ways because again people are just so sick of the fake you know lines that they're they're getting fed when it comes to media when it comes to you know the cancel culture you can't say this you can't say that you can't do this you can't do that you get canceled and i think they've overplayed their hand in a lot of that but i love the the babylon b and and how that they uh, are very good at capturing you know the principle of the matter and yeah. and putting a, a funny twist to it. Um, you remember what Vivek said in the debate regarding the Three Inch Hills comment? Yeah. In his opening statement, you know, if we wanted Dick Cheney and Three Inch Hills, we've got two of them, and he's, he's referring to, you know, DeSantis because people have been making fun of him because of his cowboy boots that he wears. Yeah. And then Nikki Haley, and, you know, she made some weird response to that that didn't really make sense ammunition you know like yeah i i wear my heels not for fashion for ammunition or whatever that's why i wear my crocs <laughs> so, so I, the it, babylon read an article and it said gavin newsom promptly bans high heels, high heels because of the danger of it you know being used for ammunition and it's just <laughs> priceless right it's like the jokes write themselves but another thing uh that Gavin Newsom was in the news for this week that wasn't the B was so President Xi from China is visiting San Francisco. Okay, we talked about homelessness, right? Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. And so San Francisco has become literally the byword when it comes to the the problem with homelessness and, you know, drug use that is open and in the streets and, and all the problems, the tent cities and everything that's going on, the crime that's going on. I mean, people just walking in and and robbing these stores and nobody doing anything about it. The other day I read an article about uh, some people who broke into it was like a Lowe's or a Home Depot or you know a home improvement store. They commandeered one of the forklifts and started loading pallets of product into a truck mm. with the forklift. You gotta watch us forklifts. And nobody folks. did anything about it. This is so out of control. So anyway, President Xi's going to San Francisco. Well, guess what happened overnight? Homelessness went away. It did. That was just a guess, but... So Newsom kicks all the homeless people out, <laughs> cleans up the streets, and builds fences or walls, you might say, to keep people off of those sidewalks. 
is is Sandy or uh, San Francisco where the Olympics are going to be held? Is that I don't know. I hadn't heard that. I do. I thought there was an Olympics coming to that could be a disaster. A city in California. I was wondering if that was related to why Chi was visiting. I'm not sure. We have Google for such things. We do. Look it up. But, and and what's funny is when they asked Gavin Newsom about it, they were like, is this true, you know, that you cleaned up the city for, because President Xi was coming? And he's like, yeah, it's true. You know, so again, like, if, mm. if a Republican were to do that, what would the headline be? Mm, that probably that they were displeased. Uh, Words failing me, but uh, displacing, displacing, yeah. you know, kicking out the poor people, yeah. the people who are starving, the poor people. There who would are definitely cold. be some videos of. They would probably hire. They'd probably take some of that Alberta footage from Alberta, Alaska, where they were. Uh, not Alberta. That's Canada. Um, <laughs> Alberta, Alaska. <laughs> I, I, if you haven't been there, it's. I actually, that is, uh, I'm the only person who has frequented that. But uh, no, <laughs> those facts, I got to be careful with my facts. So that are not in fact facts. What is the, what is the big city in Alaska? Anchorage. Anchorage. Yes. Thank you. God. I was close. I was warm. It, they both start with A. Um, Anchorage. Did you see the videos of them bulldozing the tent cities? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, I, well, no. Case in point. It was it. There's conservatives. They bulldozed some tent cities, and so what you were saying happened in Alberta, but it wasn't Gavin Newsom. Alberta or Anchorage? Anchorage, Dad, gummit. I'm so sorry. (laughs) The facts that aren't facts, and and I said it with such conviction. You did. It was very convicting. I half of the audience will believe there is now that an Alberta Alberta is the biggest city. There in probably Alaska. is an Alberta, Alaska. There's a good somewhere. chance. I'm not good with geography, but I, you know, I would imagine they're both cold. They got to be, you know, close-ish to each other, right. you know. Yeah. But anyways, so, it, it really, you'll have to watch that footage because it is exactly had the Gavin Newsom thing happen, which I can't think of a conservative governor who would get rid of the tent cities for a dictator to come see right. the city. But in in Anchorage, it was just... It was, it was wild. I mean, they're not going to live through the winter in a tent in Anchorage, mm-hmm. Alaska. So anyways, but it, they were, you know, they were bulldozing. Um, and it's the same. It's a, the fentanyl uh, has reached Alaska mm-hmm. and they're, they're sick of it. They're doing something about it. I, I can't confirm or deny or if, if it's the right thing to do, but they're, you know, they're trying to do something about the uh, crime that's going on in those tent cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, you know, that was the reasoning for doing that. But they were going and interviewing the people who lost everything. And... uh, Right. So they they go straight to the emotional... (laughs) Yes. And and that's exactly... If if you watch it, it, it's just the parody there of what would have happened. But nobody even questions Gavin Newsom. No, because... like. I haven't seen any negative footage of of you know the 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 homeless getting interviewed and getting kicked out of their homes because President Xi is coming to town. Well, they probably all got a handsome check. Let's be honest. It could very well be. 
or reparations they, they for may have been put homelessness. Up, they may have been put up in the old... If there is a Ritz-Carlton, they were probably... They're like, hey, we'll give you a new tent, a new air mattress, a mini-split for said tent. You just got to go stay in the resort for one week. And this is not fact. Who's not going to do that? I would do it. All I right. could go for a one-week vacation, all expenses paid, <laughs> unlimited fentanyl, no doubt, safely administered. I mean, he gave them a deal that they could not refuse. I have a feeling. Don't quote me. I, I This is not fact. This is uh, speculation. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it somehow. Um I just, it was just hilarious to me to see that um, because it's so hypocritical. You know, if it was yeah. a Republican, if it was Greg Abbott, or if it was Ron DeSantis or somebody doing the same thing, it would be headlines and trying to smear them for being heartless, I'm, not caring about the poor, and on down the line, right? You can you can just go watch what would have happened under any other conservative governor, what happened there in Anchorage. Yeah. And he gets away with it. Yeah, free pass. It just it it just shows the the blatant hypocrisy of the left and the media, especially because they're complicit in this because they don't they don't care about reporting objectively. It's what gets clicks. It's what fits the narrative, um, and they they want to make your mind up for you. I bet the uh, the people who clean up the needles and poo were probably got a free week off the first time they hadn't had to work overtime in San Francisco in it nigh into a half decade. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, it, they may not unionize now. They may not. <laughs> oh boy. So next up, Tim, <laughs> sorry. is uh, the Cato Institute has some data. It's called Freedom in the 50 States. Do you love, do you love me some freedom? I do love me some freedom. Yeah, me too. America. <laughs> me too. It's the 2023 edition of Freedom in the 50 States, and it gives a ranking of the American states on the basis of how their policies, their public policies, Protect or infringe on individual liberty. Are they in any way affiliated with Cato and Cato Plus, the clothing outfitter for normal size? I, I, I want to just go out on a limb and say that they're not, but I don't know that for sure. I love freedom, so I was about to be sending my wife over to get a Cato card. <laughs> they're really missing an opportunity here. Huh? For sure. At least sponsor at Cato. So if you can see this map, I, I want to point out there's some yellow. So so it goes from like yellow and is like the top five. And then it gets like, you know, kind of yellowish green. And then it goes all the way to like, I think, I don't know, is that blue? Blue is my favorite dark color blue. and that is a beautiful and dark blue. And that's the blue. bottom five states. So which would those be if you didn't see this map? Who would be the top five the bottom five states for freedom I, overall. I am geographically... Let's go. Okay, I did not look at the map, but I know California beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yep. Um, Washington, Check. Uh, Seattle, Washington area. 
not Washington, D.C. Oregon you're talking about? Is it Oregon? I should have went ahead and stayed for the last I mean, Washington is just above there. Okay. Did they make the cut? So on the map, Oregon is worse. Okay. Than so, Washington. But, but we're talking but just it's like blues. the next one. Okay. So Oregon. They get a 37, I think. Okay. Oregon, California. Um, oh, man. There's some They're northern states in there. California um, is 48 out of oh, 50. That's a. There's two that are worse. They're, they're batting. What pretty do you much think's the worst? Batting a thousand. The worst? Um, Absolute worst. Overall freedom. Is it a northern, northeastern? You're getting warm. Um, Chicago? Nope. Or Illinois, I mean, sorry. Um, Illinois is, is not the worst. Okay. It's not D.C., is it? Uh, Virginia. No, Virginia's got a decent... They got good folks there, too. Um, man, man. You it's, should it's know not, this. You really should know this. I'm What's, missing... What state has... Minnesota? <laughs> the worst for freedom? Minnesota? Michigan. <laughs> ben. It's New, New York. New York. Okay. They're a state... You're killing me. I thought that was a city. Yeah, it is a city, New York City, but it is a Turns state out. as well. Yeah, you did miss that geography class. Been all over the world, couldn't tell you what states. So yeah, so California, yeah. Uh, New York is the worst. I'm mostly then you joking, have, but um, you know, how was California, like, Oregon, uh, New Jersey, Jersey, and then it goes. Uh, I was kidding about New York, but I really did think that Jersey was in New York. That's its own state, and I missed that. So your next grouping is like that uh, would be the Washington, Illinois, uh, Maine, Illinois, Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah, actually, no, I knew Minnesota was bad because I've been there. The wow. the Somali that's kind of surprising. Just because the like you. You cannot go, and this is not in any way, it's not a, ra- a racial thing. It is, I had never in my life been to a Walmart with more, um, they're not hijabs because I don't think there is, maybe they are Islamic, but they're, I, they took on like 110,000, something like that. Somalian? Somali refugees. Is that Islamic? Yes. So, yeah, you go into Walmart and... I kid you not, it was a five to one ratio. And and this is in I was over in the St. Cloud. Um uh I we did a few jobs up in Minnesota, but anyways, the it was like a five to one ratio of hijab wearing women wow. to just the and I'm talking about just in general, and that's workers at Walmart. That's it was just across the board. Five to one of there was more hijabs in Walmart than I had ever seen in one place in my life. And it it wasn't, like I said, it was just like, I don't think there's a single, um, it, but it, they had, they had taken on 110 in, I believe it was Minneapolis took them, but they, they, they spread out to some of the communities. So do you think that's there. connected though? Like to, I think the same Being people. In the bottom. Yeah, I think the same. The same. Uh, the governor, because there there were a lot of 
and that's really where I found out was on the construction sites, there was a lot of outrage and it wasn't racism. It was just the overwhelming amount that their leadership had allowed in, in, in one setting. And it was changing. And this is, this is around the time they were having, they were having some riots in that area. Changing local cultures. And it was changing the culture. And, and there was a lot of unrest about that. Yeah. And so it just kind of left that as thinking, okay, that, and wasn't there a lot of riots in Minneapolis? I believe around that time, um, yeah. there was there was some so, riots also, but but as far as overall freedom goes, I mean, you look at Michigan. Michigan has Dearborn, which you know has a, a large population yeah. of Muslim as well, but yet Michigan is like number seven for overall freedom. Wow, how does Missouri rank? Just so Missouri is number eight, which I hate the fact that we're below. Hey, Michigan. Let's, we've got to change that. Who's is Texas number one or uh no Florida? So New Hampshire. What is number one? You know, New Hampshire is is quite a uh, an interesting study when it comes to freedom. I know nothing of New Hampshire. Well, you know, the Don't Tread on Me came from New Hampshire. I did not. Yeah. So it's quite interesting to look at the map. So Missouri's like eight. South Dakota is is like three, Florida is two. Florida is almost. The I figured top of Florida the list was up there for freedom. Uh, so you got New Hampshire, Florida, Nevada, and Arizona. They're all in the top five. Nevada is a kind of an odd one. Um, so we we're like the second tier when it comes to. Hey, let's uh, get to first tier freedom. Let's get to first tier in twenty twenty four. Yeah, let's make it happen. But I thought that was interesting to look at the, you know, overall freedom in uh and how they rank that in the states. Um what's what's Alaska there? Alaska. I I don't it's oh, down, down oh, here on it's, the, down it's not, here on the it's left. blue. It's not good. It's like No, this is Alaska. Oh, that, I'm sorry. That's Hawaii. That's Hawaii. <laughs> Big difference. So Alaska is what does it say? I I, I can't see the. I number. can't see a single number on there. Fifteen. They're fifteen for freedom. Well, that's hmm. not too bad. Not bad. Yeah, and then Hawaii's forty nine. Yeah, I figured Hawaii was. So rough. that's like, that's between New York and California. That's <laughs> that's, that's a rough place a to bad be. Bad place. That's to between be. a rock and a hard place, <laughs> that's right a there. Really bad place to be. So uh, thank you to the Cato Institute for. I enjoy uh, that coming up with that that data, uh, and if you, by the way, if you look at this map, where are people moving right now? Um, Florida, Florida, and Tennessee, Texas. which Tennessee is um, six actually. Yeah, so they're above us. How this is this is completely off the notes, off of everything. But Texas. how do you feel like? Um, do you feel like the people that are leaving? These blue, these dark blue, according to the Cato Institute, um, states. How do you feel like they're affecting the states that they're moving to? I think that's kind of hard to determine at times. You know, whether people realize the reasons why they left and they yeah. changed, or they're just wanting to move for purely selfish reasons, I and don't really change their 
thinking when it comes to politics and policy. Yeah, I think they want to vote for the old Democrats that got them into the mess. You know, it, that by, don't exist anymore. Exactly, they're looking for those like moderate Democrats to vote for, yeah. and not. I don't think you know, not seeing the. But I can tell you from it's a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, I can tell you from some some own, my own personal experiences with people that have moved into the area here that there are some who have changed um, their way of thinking and have been red pilled. Uh, yeah. For the lack of a better term, when it comes to these things, well, that's encouraging. I I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this is kind of a side note, but I can't even remember his name. But he's a comedian, and he grew up in a very leftist home. Uh, his dad was gay, uh, you know, just on down the line, and he is remarkable. His story and COVID was kind of the catalyst for changing his way of thinking. Um, when it comes to, you know, freedom for for instance, and and if you if you really want to get into, um, you know, what what determines people's thoughts when it comes to freedom, then it's going to affect your politics, right? Tyler Fisher. Tyler Fisher. That's who it was. Yeah. Quite an interesting story. And then he was fired for being white, and yep. he's actually in the middle of a lawsuit for that because he had it on tape where the guy was like, uh, sorry, man, you know, it's, it's really hard for, uh, straight white guys out there, you know, yeah. basically. And, uh, got fired for that and then was not able to get other jobs for the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think for he, the same reason he had a good shot at SNL. Uh, yes. Like he was, SNL a, was one of them. He was a very, he was an up and comer and, uh, just got, Got dropped over that. Uh, what DEI. Is it? That's, uh, what, that's what the that's, diversity, div- equity, yes. and inclusion. Those policies are what is. Um, as long as it don't include a lack of melanin in your skin. <laughs> I'm not sure who you were quoting with that. <laughs> I I did see a a guy talking about how he wished that crack would come back. Uh, it was a. Uh, wasn't a comedian, but it, he was uh, somebody. He, he had a show, I think, on BET. But he was talking about how he wished crack would come back because he knew a lot of old crackheads. But this fentanyl was just killing everybody. Yeah. Oh, it got me. It got me. Uh, it's kind of a tickled. dark, a dark take. It, 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 no, he was not, and he was not being light of it. That was his true opinion. He said that with sincerity and conviction that he just wished that crack would come back because he knew a lot of old crackheads and he said they're just always around. It's a sad state of He said they're just always around. He said he said they just show up every day and he said uh, you know now now he said people just he said they'll they'll come by and he said they're gone the next day. It really is disappear. And I, I'm not advocating for for crack. I'm just saying, like it, what he was saying, he really did mean it. He was the he was tired the, of seeing that, and the drugs of the past and the drugs yeah. of the present is a big difference. It's a, uh, it really is discouraging. How is it that we always end our our podcasts on a drugs and a homeless negative note? Well, <laughs> do you have? Hey, you have a little bit of. You had a good day. 
I did have a good day. We could end on that. It's been a long day, but I had a good day. So, uh, finally connected in 2023 deer season when it came to, uh, our season has been crazy this year. It's been too warm and the rut has been really weird. Like it's, it's delayed usually in Missouri, this part of Missouri, by the time rifle season rolls around, um, the, the rut is usually over, but uh, I think the weather and, and other factors have figured into it. But anyway, it's been an awkward one for me, and we know the story of losing the buck on Halloween, and it's just seemed like it, it's went downhill from there. But today, I uh, finally connected and uh, got a decent buck. My brother-in-law got a buck as well, uh, so um, it was a good day. Yeah. Mm, yeah. The uh, freezer is full. Is it, uh, in your opinion, be honest, is it cheaper to fill the freezer with deer meat or good old-fashioned beef? It is cheaper, and it's definitely healthier, probably, unless you get really good. Yeah, it got me a grass-fed this year. Yeah, grass-fed. Grass-finished. Um, you know. I've seen know. a lot of vid- videos, that, and they're mostly just making light of the fact that hunting can get out of hand. It for sure can get out of hand. I mean, you, you think could, about it. If you if you if you take off work, you're spending money, right? We've got $36 a pound meat in a lot okay. of freezers is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, if you figured it all in. But that that was why that that was the that was the honesty that I was asking for. Are you trying for. to make me guilty? No. I just I just was curious if in your experience if there could be some in I hope that your wife, Naomi, is not listening to this part. But if, if you were being fully candid, can we mute? Anyway, <laughs> no, I was, I had just seen a lot. I've seen a lot of videos of, of our reels of, you know, people talking about how your deer meat can quickly add up to, uh, it, it to, can to a bit more than beef. That's absolutely true. Um, but I look at it as like my, my one, it's my one thing. You know that uh, there is brings no shame great uh, relief from the stresses of life. And it is, it is your Super Bowl, and here I am trying to yeah. explain my position. Hey, I'm not, I'm not attacking your. I want to, I want to be, I want to be uh, trying to. I just, I need to know this because I would like to someday explain to my wife why I just spent absorbent amounts of money on uh, hunting gear. So. I was I was it, looking for pointers. It can definitely get out of hand, but just like anything else. But um, well, congratulations on your buck, and yeah, I think man, it's going to be some good eating. I would like some jerky. I will. I'll pony up. My favorite thing to do recently is to take the back straps and smoke them. Absolutely, smoke. And it's, it's like filet mignon. You could smoke if properly seasoned. You could smoke. A rancid turd. Oh. And have yourself a treat. I I enjoy the, the pellet smoker, that's oh, for sure. I've I've burned up one of them in two years. I we smoke three nights a week, no lie. It's good stuff. It's good if, stuff. If you feel like smoking with a pellet smoker is the lazy man's way out, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and you need to get on that train. Because get on the train. You can make a burger. 
You can make anything, but you can make just a basic dry, crusty burger into a delicacy mm-hmm. if uh, you watch enough YouTube videos. So with that, I, I, uh, I think that's a happy note. Got it. Juice, anything else? Mm, juicy burgers. I do want to mention to our listeners that uh, we so appreciate you subscribing uh, to the channel and um, leaving reviews. All that stuff matters for being able to grow the podcast. Um, so please continue to do that. Like it, share it, you know, share it with your friends on social media, whatever uh, way that you can do that. Just word of mouth. It's been quite interesting to see. I, get, I go to events all the time, and uh, I walk into an event the other day, and like two or three people in this one event came up to me and asked me about, uh, you know, they had listened to the podcast and, you know, asked me about, um, you know, my my take on, on why we're doing this and, you know, and everything and, and a lot of good positive response. So, um, keep it up and, uh, we'll try to keep you in, into the content. That was, uh, I got, I got a, a message this week from somebody I hadn't talked to in five years and, uh, wow. just said, Hey, keep, keep it up, put yourself out th- way to put yourself out there. That's good stuff. So, I'm enjoying it thus far. All right. And so since you said thus far, thus far then we're out for today sayonara